I'm here today with uh, Henry and Chelsea Parker and their brand new edition. And uh, we're going to be talking to them today about uh, their journey uh, of infertility and how God has uh, answered their prayers for a precious baby. Um, and uh, Henry is the pastor of the Belvoir Free Will Baptist Church just outside of uh, Greenville, North Carolina. And those of you that have been with Flagship a while uh, may recognize he and his wife. Uh, they've been up here a few times. And uh, there's a connection with the Freemans and all kinds of good stuff that we'll talk about maybe later. Uh, but we're really glad to have you guys. So why don't you introduce yourself for, for those that may be watching that don't know who you guys are and just give us the short version of uh, what's going on in Belvoir, North Carolina right now. Well, um, I'm P Pastor Henry, as he said, uh, pastored Belvoir for about nine years, uh, be nine, uh, nine years now, working on my 10 years. And uh, the Lord's been good to us. We, me and Chelsea's been married for nine years. And it will be nine years in December. She's looking at me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Lord's been good to us. We've, uh, as, as Brother Daryl said, that uh, we did have a six-year journey uh, where we prayed and prayed and prayed for a child and just never seemed to get that prayer answered. A lot of tears, a lot of grief, a lot of anger, a lot of all kinds of mixed emotions for six years. And you know, uh, through it all, the Lord taught us some good lessons, and, um, you know, now here we are with uh, our answered prayer in the arms of my wife, and uh, Nora Kate was born August 12th, and uh, I've been saved since I was eight years old, grew up in a Fruit Baptist Church, Emmanuel Fruit Baptist Church was my home church in Jacksonville. Many of you may remember my pastor, Joe Hass, was my pastor uh, for several years, and uh, just uh, answered called Preach Under Him. And went to Southeastern, and then in 2011, I met uh, the, the woman of my dreams in Chelsea. So now I'll turn it over to her and let her. Thanks, thanks to Daryl, actually. Yeah. No, uh, I wanted Darryl to hear actually, more about that. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl, actually, well, I paid him back because I gave him my sister in law, Bailey, to his younger son. So we're even now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But now this is uh, Chelsea. So. Oh, well. Hi, I'm Chelsea Parker. Um, he pretty much summed everything up that I could think of. Um, my family lives in Erie and Daryl has reached out to them greatly. And so we've got to know Daryl through a lot of that. And I'm pretty sure you've interviewed my parents and Shelby and Derek, um, one of my sisters as well. Um, so I have three sisters and they're all serving in ministry one place or another. And um, I'm originally from Virginia, but now he brought me down. He brought me down. North Carolina. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're living here. And yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's all I have to say. All right. Uh, I thought maybe Nora was going to add a, a little bit there. Yeah, I think she yeah. was her spotlight too. <laughs> yes. Hey, you're not talking about me. <laughs> so you guys, uh, you guys met at a missions conference, right? And, yep. uh, yes. Originally, and. Um, it's kind of neat because uh, I love to hear people's stories of how they met, and it was kind of neat to actually be a part of of, of, oh, uh, yeah. of that. So yeah, I kind of know that story a little bit. But um, you guys, uh, you were a youth pastor, I believe, in, in Ohio, right, Henry, at the time? Yes, yeah. And you um, guys met just outside of Mansfield, Ohio, and uh, and then you guys kind of started dating long distance. and Yeah. And, how long did you guys date before you got married? Not long. Not long, because um, I met her in March. Of that, I think that was in March. March. And then we got married that December. Yep. Okay. okay. So we, we already kind of knew. We felt peace yeah. about it. We were a little older. I was 28. So I was 24. I, yeah, she was 24. So we started a little later, but, you know, that, that God all meant it for good. And it's sure. certainly been a blessing ever since uh, I met you and her in that hallway. <laughs> So, <laughs> I'll never forget, um, you know, of course, I was with John Johnson, who was the pastor of Mansfield, and of course, uh, his sister, uh, oh my goodness, Elizabeth Henley, was there, and he said, my, my sister is the dean of women over there, we'll have them lined up, and we'll, you can pick it, whoever one you want, you know, <laughs> and I, I had actually sent her a friend request before I even knew her. And before the conference. Before the conference, and we all met in the hallway and did not even realize that you had been talking about me at their dinner table. And it's just, you know, I think the Lord just kind of orchestrated that all together. And ever since that hallway meeting, 
uh, that's all she wrote. We're, we're still yes. here together. <laughs> and so uh, a marriage was birthed out of that, and Nora Kate was birthed out of that marriage, and Absolutely. that's a pretty cool story. So you guys are married for about three years, uh, been, been at Belvoir for about three years, and you decide it's, it's time to start a family, and things didn't happen quite the way you had planned. So no. kind of tell me about that, that journey when you first, you know, it's time to start a family and you wait and you wait and you wait and nothing happens. My wife and I are kind of the opposite. Our, our daughter was born nine months and 28 days after we got married. So no. <laughs> we, uh, we never knew what it was like to wait. So, <laughs> so help, help those of us that haven't been where you're at understand what frustration and, and all the other words you were using a minute ago, what, what well, that journey's that? like. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, um, you know, naturally, you know, we, you always go into starting a family thinking it's, you know, going to be easy. And, uh, you know, we kind of made a big decision. You know, I was kind of trying to make sure our finances and our livelihood were good enough to support a child. And we'd been Belvoir, like I said, about three years. And the Lord had really taken good care of us. You know, we finally got to a point where we felt like, hey, it's time to start a family. You know, and I think maybe we kind of thought, hey, we were in control of that. Um, but the Lord showed us real quickly who was in control of it. And, um, you know, we started and we were thinking things were going to just kind of fall right into place. And next thing you know, you know, a year or two rolls by and we realize we're still without a child. Um, and that's when the journey really started to just eat away at us. And I think, you know, we, uh, we went through different stages, you know, um, especially Chelsea and, and uh, she, uh, she's told me I'm free to talk about those things. And, and, you know, I, and we both agree, you know, I think I finally, by the end of the journey, before she was pregnant, I, I had finally came to grips with, Hey, God's got this It's fine. But it took me six years to get there. And she was, she was get she was starting to come right behind me in that, um, but obviously for her, you know, it was so much more difficult of a road. And, you know, I was sharing with our church, I preached a sermon on don't stop praying. Don't stop was the title of the sermon. And it's first out of first Samuel there with Hannah. And the Bible speaks that Hannah was, was uh, aggravated. She was bitter. She was grieved. I mean, she just, she went through all the emotions. I started realizing, Hey, that was us. And, you know, year after year, the Bible says she would go and she would pray. And, you know, I felt so much of a kin kinship towards Hannah, me and her both. And all those emotions, and it just, I got to notice in all those emotions, the Bible tells us in First Samuel that she has. Um, and I said, man, that's not too far away from me and her. And, you know, but she never gave up. She continued to pray. She continued to pray. And um, that's kind of where we were in, in six years. You know, we, we just, we kept praying, but would we say we were perfect in our, you know, were there times we were angry? Absolutely. Bitter. Um, bitter. Um, I mean, there was times I'd walk out the door of my house and I'll literally shake my fist at God. You know, our, our, my attitude at times was, you know, well, I, I look over and people living for the devil and they're spitting children out like a baby factory. And me and her both would look at that and we would just why? You know, why? Yeah, that question would come up. We both, we'd have had that conversation many times. Why? 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 And, you know, and, and I didn't understand it, you know, and, you know, I, I told our church several years ago, I said, you know, me and her have given our lives to serve God and, 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 and be in the ministry and work for his glory. You know, why not give us a child? You know, I mean, we're, you know, my tendency was to look over across the fence and look at somebody else and, you know, and, and say, hey, well, they're living in sin, but God, you're blessing them with children. This don't make sense. Um, so there was, there was that emotion. And then there were times of victory where we put it in God's hands and uh, only, you know, you, you know how it is. It's like a mixture of emotions, you know. Um, there was battles. There were arguments. There were, there were stress. I mean, we went to the doctor a couple times. Uh, of course, in this in this climate, we didn't have insurance. We couldn't afford it. 
Matter of fact, insurance for me and her both was more than my house payment. And, and so, you know, just, we couldn't afford it. And so no infertility, we went into Christian healthcare. They don't cover infertility. So, I mean, really, to be honest with you, I really believe this with all my heart. God boxed us into a situation where only he could move. I really believe that with all my heart. And uh, I believe that God, and right there towards the end, I feel like the Lord was just speaking to my heart and challenging me to keep trusting him. You know, I, 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 you know, almost like Abraham and Sarah, you know, God was going to give them a child, you know, and she was 90 years old and I'm not nowhere close to that, but let's be honest, I'm knocking close to 40 and it's not, you know, I, I should be having two or three kids by now. And in my mind, you know, I'm like, Lord, I, I don't want to be raising my children in a wheelchair, you know, um, and, and that was her sentiment as well. And, uh, you know, we just, we kind of looked at it as a point there towards the end, you know, well, if God's not going to do it. We're just going to have to surrender it to him and have peace about it. We're going to have, and, and finally, I think towards the end of it, I did look at her and it was hard for me to do this. Uh, but I mean, I looked at her and I said, have you ever considered it may not be God's will? And that's something that you have to do. You know, I, I think that, you know, the Bible says, and I have it, I have it uh, right here. The Bible says that, um, uh, just bear with me here. I haven't had it pulled up and um, just a second here. I, I wanted to share it with you because it meant so much to me in that time. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 uh, in verse 14, and this uh, is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will. And I was reading that one day and, and it, you know, something that we should always know, but I think sometimes as a Christian, when we're praying, we need to be reminded that everything when we're praying, it should be filtered through God's will. Every, because if we're praying, we want to first off pray in God's will. Right. And, um, you know, that's, when we started praying, we kind of changed gears and said, Lord, if you will, whatever your plan is, you know, show us. And uh, I think, again, through this, there's a lot of lessons that me and Chelsea learned. And uh, Chelsea, if you want to chime in, you're welcome to chime in anytime. She told me to do most of the speaking. But um, I just, again, you know, emphasize in this, God taught us so many things. Had we not been in this six-year trial, there's a lot of lessons we would have never learned. Uh, and one of the lessons is praying in God's will. And I know a lot of folks are probably thinking, well, that's just common sense. Well, how often when we pray for something we really want, do we ever stop and consider, is this truly the will of God? Um, you know, um, it's, it's just like with some of the people in my church, uh, we've got some of them that are uh, struggling with cancer. Uh, my mother struggled with cancer. Um, and I was knelt down on the bedside one day praying that God would heal her. And we're going through this infertility thing the same time. Mm -hmm. And I'm kneeling on the bedside by the room next door to her. And as if the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, have you ever thought and considered it might not be my will to heal her? On this side of things. Mm -hmm. And that's when I think the Lord was using that in my life to teach me about this infertility. Oh. And uh, praying in the will of God. So the way I describe it to my people is when we pray... We ought to put that filter of the will of God and pray through that filter. And, um, you know, that, that's some of the things that we learned in, in, in this, this uh, fight with infertility and praying. And um, another thing that, that I would encourage, too, that we learned is Matthew chapter 7, ask, seek, and knock. Um, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, during that time, Henry was preaching through Job. I think maybe last year, um, I will say it took me a lot longer to come to grips with things than Henry did. And I feel like I stayed bitter and probably more angry longer. Um, and so that is a, a key, a push to make sure you find a good Christian spouse because he was there encouraging me, um, coming alongside with me with the Bible, you know, and times I would get angry at him, you know, when he would try and encourage me that way. Um, but that's just the importance of having a, a good Christian spouse. But um, he was preaching through Job a couple months before we found out we were pregnant. And the main takeaway that he, every sermon, he always said, um, God is always good and God is always right, no matter what. 
and I started clinging on to that mm. and maybe four or five months after you preached through that um, we found out that we were pregnant and for me that's what I had to understand it didn't matter what what the outcome was of this journey God was still good and he was still right it didn't matter if it was my timetable or my answer I wanted to see um, that that was kind of one of my big takeaways and um, were you getting ready to talk on that yeah, yeah. And, and and when she was talking, you know, again, I, I don't want to hog this interview, but we, we've got, uh, Daryl had talked to me about the quilt right here, and this, this quilt means a lot to us, and it's, it'll be a keepsake in our family, but this quilt was a quilt that my wife started making before she even knew she was pregnant, and so she began to put this in, in practice, and uh, ask, seek, and knock, as I said before, I started, uh, you know, studying that passage and, and, and trying to understand what, just getting some things out of it that as we're going through this journey, I even preach a sermon on it, but, you know, ask, you know, the word ask there literally means to beg, and, and it, it's the idea of earnestness, and I was like, Lord, that's where we're at, <laughs> we're begging you for a child, and the Bible says to ask, and it shall be uh, answered, uh, and the Bible says to, to seek, or asking it shall be given, and the Bible says to, to seek, you know, and you shall find, and the word seek means to continually look for, well, that's where this quilt came from, you know, pr you've heard it before, you know, uh, faith is, is praying for rain and carrying the umbrella, Yes. well, for me and Chelsea, it's, you know, praying for a baby and, and knitting the blanket, Yes. and uh, trusting that God is going to answer that prayer, we're looking for that prayer, now, obviously, all this is in the preface of what I talked about earlier, you know, praying in the will of God. So once you've prayed in the will of God, we got in that mode, well, let's pray. If it's your will, God, you know, then we began to beg. We began to ask God for it. Uh, and then we began to look for it, look for it, expect it, expect it. Like, you know, and I'm not going to say we were champions in that every single day we got up. But God, again, this is a process. God was working on us for six years. And then there came knock. And I said, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, it came to me in my study one day, when you go to someone's house to knock, do you just knock once? No. Most of the time you go to the door and you, you keep on knocking. And the thought came to me is, we're to keep on knocking because we know God's home. And, uh, you know, we just kept on knocking. And, you know, we, we tried other things as well. Um, me and her thought about adoption. I had a lot of people talk to me about adoption and I had no problems with adoption. We wanted to adopt. Actually, we talked to brother Carl with the harvest home uh, and we tried to actually get one of the kids from there and it was blocked. Uh, we, 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 we talked when we did, we had ways of adopting, but every time there was a block and then uh, there were fees like the fees to adopt were astounding. And uh, you know, so we were, we up, up Creek without a paddle there. We felt, um, but it's just, I, I finally told her, I said, I felt like the Lord literally told me no. I don't understand that, but I really feel God told me no. And she was right ready to do it, but God told me, just kept telling me, no, you keep praying. And so we decided to keep on praying, keep on praying. And I want to add to this, you know, she was talking about having a, a Christian spouse. I want to show you another aspect of going through this infertility trial. Find you a good church. You know, the flagship's a wonderful church. Um, of course, uh, those who are tuning, you know, you've got a good Bible-believing church. Get plugged into that church because I don't know where we would be without our, our, our church family. Um, we, we you know, the Bible tells us to, to if anybody's sick among you, to, to let them call for the elders of the church and to anoint them. I still practice that in my church. Uh, we know there's nothing mystical about that. It's it just, you know, again, something we do. And uh, we, we did that twice. And uh, we prayed. And I, you know what? We turn around and the whole church is behind us on their knees praying with us. And, and, and really, this, when we talk about this, this, this journey we've been on, when I announced to the church that our baby was coming, man, it, it just changed the dynamic of our church. Like people knew we'd been praying for that baby for six years and, and boy, there was shouting. I mean, and Belvoir's not necessarily known as a shouting church. And, you know, but, you know, again, it, you know, again, it brought new life to our church, you know, again, because they're, they've been in it with us for six years. Uh, they were Christian people who, who hugged us and loved on us 
and, and shared our journey with us. Uh, not only that, but faithful people like the Johnsons, Brother Wayne and Sister Lori Johnson, who prayed and prayed and prayed. Uh, we announced to them about Nora Kate's coming. They were in the airport. The tears were flowing down their eyes, uh, you know, and, and I think about uh, the many others that have helped us, you know, uh, again, you'd mentioned Alan Hall the other day, you know, Brother Alan called me out of the blue one day praying for me. Preachers, men of God, it took me all day to name all the people who invested in me and Chelsea, Johnny and, and Kathy Pike, and many of the others that invested in our lives. Uh, they were all praying, they rallied behind us. Uh, and I say all that, we wouldn't have had that without the local church. Yep. You know, local church is so important on many fronts. All the things we face, it's so much easier to bear the burdens when there's two or three holding it instead of one. Yes. And, and me and Chelsea had a local church that loves us and, and still to this day loves us. Uh, our baby's going to be the most spoiled baby in the world. Trust me, so she gets to church in another three or four weeks. Uh, I've already had a phone calls when I told them, well, we can't have the baby in service just yet. I had phone. Well, you can't deprive us from seeing that baby. So <laughs> we had to pull Chelsea up to the door Sunday in the car and everybody walked past the car with the baby in the, oh, in the wow. car there. And so, you know, but, but, you know, I told my wife, I said, you know, it's just as much their baby as ours, I reckon. So yeah, they prayed, you know, we prayed. Um, but, you know, in the midst of, of, of all this, you know, you know, it's important these things, you know, find you a Christian, a good Christian husband, a Christian wife that will support you and love on you and tell you the truth, but also have a local New Testament church that preaches the Bible and preaches the truth that will love on you and, and, and walk through this journey with you. You know, you go through the book uh, uh, in the New Testament and the church, you never see the church doing anything alone. They're always together. Mm -hmm. And uh, I preached a message series of messages through Acts. And one thing you notice, they're not, they're not alone. They're always together. And uh, I, that's so important. That's so important. I don't know. We'd have lost our minds without peace from the scriptures, uh, peace from each other, and peace from our church. Uh, we, we, we'd have lost our minds. Chelsea, I want to back up a minute and ask you a question about that blanket. Because uh, uh, when I first read that, I, I think you posted something about it online. and It was just it touched me so much. And I, then I had forgotten about it until me and Henry were talking the other day. Um, tell me the, the story behind the day you decided to start knitting that blanket and the journey, uh, um, the process of that. I'm not exactly sure who <coughs> told me about it. <coughs> Sorry, I got a little choked up when Henry was talking. Um, someone had told me about this devotion book called 31 Days of Prayer Through Infertility. And so I ordered that online and I did it and I strongly encourage it to anyone that it's written for females, but going through infertility. Um, I've bought it. I've suggested it to several women that I've known that are going through it and they've got it and it's helped them. But one of the days, I can't remember what she called it, but one of the days was to act out in faith, um, go buy some baby clothes, buy had a crib. This lady that wrote the book said she had her nursery already completely set up. Like it was wow. completely finished. It was done. I, <clears throat> I did, was not at that point. <laughs> like I said, I, my faith was kind of lacking, um, definitely in at times. Um, and then she put in there, if you know how to sew or crochet or do something like that. And it hit me. I'm not creative or talented when it comes to sewing or crocheting, but I do know how to crochet. <clears throat> and um, I thought, you know, I could do that. I could, as, as I crochet, I'm going to pray over it and pray that the Lord would bless us. <clears throat> and so I started doing it, and I only got maybe a quarter of the way done. And like I said, my faith started lacking again, and I rolled it up, and I put it away, and I didn't touch it again for maybe two years. Oh, wow. Um, just because I really felt like... So this is a process. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just, I got to the point where I was really wondering if the Lord would do it. I knew he could do it. Um, but I was really, I was really struggling. Um, and Henry, like I said, kept coming alongside me and encouraging me. And, you know, if it wasn't the Lord's will, that's fine. Um, so I finally pulled it back out. I hate to say... It was not before I found out, but I, it was after I found out she was, I was pregnant with her. I pulled it back out then. And then my prayer then 
was that we would have a healthy baby. You know, I was still praying as I did it. Sure. Um, but it was a different prayer at that point. Um, so, yeah. So during that two years, because I have not heard this part of the story. Yeah. During that two years, were there other times that you like went to the closet or wherever you had it and like, I wonder if I should start back on this or did oh, you yeah, just definitely. like. I had it sitting actually beside my bed or, or my piano is beside my bed um, on my side and the blanket was rolled up on the piano bench. So it was right there for me to see. So you Every saw time it all I the time. Past it, yeah. Um, and I did, I think I even took it out one day and unrolled it to start. And either we got a phone call or something and I just rolled it back up and was like, eh, you know, like, it's whatever. <laughs> I don't yeah. need to keep working on it. I'm not pregnant. Yeah. Um, but it was always there, right there in my line of sight every time I walked into the room. But when you, when you got the news that you were, I'm sure that blanket had a whole different meaning at that point. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I definitely asked the Lord to forgive me for my lack of faith. Um, and then, you know, continued on from there because I, I did, I felt very, felt very unworthy um, for the grace that he had shown to us. And I didn't, didn't really understand, you know, when I wasn't what I needed to be to him, why why would he bless me you know why now when i've lost my faith and you know i was so bitter and angry like why now you know why would he choose now to bless us um and i still don't really understand why he chose now oh i'm sorry um why he chose now and and not you know six years ago seven years ago i'm you know we'll never really know that this side of heaven um but yeah asked for his forgiveness and just kept on crocheting and praying <laughs> Well, that's that's a cool story. You, Henry, you were talking about Samuel, the story of Hannah and Samuel. And in First Samuel, it talks about one of the struggles that they had was, um, I lost the verse like you did a minute ago. Uh, <laughs> verse seven of that first chapter, um, where she was being provoked by her, you know, her husband's other, yeah, other wife or whatever. And uh, thankfully you guys don't have that issue to, <laughs> to yeah. worry about. But, <laughs> but I got, I can only imagine that the enemy would whisper things in your heart, your mind, your ear. As you said, you saw other people that weren't living for the Lord that maybe didn't even love their children or, or took care of their children having children you know those provocations had to be i mean you you, you can relate to hannah so much what, yeah. what were some of the other because i would imagine i mean you, you see another godly people having children and, yeah. and 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 asking the question well like you said why 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 not us or yeah. why not answer our prayer um what what the enemy wanted to use for evil, God meant for good, but we don't always see that as we're going through the journey. Right. No. How did the enemy use that against you guys? Well, I mean, the enemy, I mean, the, the devil will make you doubt. Um, you know, he, he obviously used, you know, bitterness. Um, he, he used division between me and Chelsea. You know, um, I, I remember Henry coming to me and, and Henry had to speak lovingly truth to me because I, like I said, I know I was really hard to live with there, especially those first couple years. I just, I put a wall up and I, like I said, I was angry and, and, and just, just bitter. And I didn't show that on the outside. He knew cause he lived with me obviously. Um, but he, he came to me one day and he said, you know, if the Lord doesn't do this, like, I'm still your husband and, and I need to be enough and the Lord needs to be enough. You know, if, if it never happens, you know, are you going to be like, basically, are you going to be like this the rest of your life? <laughs> and that's not exactly how he said it, but, <laughs> you know, um, and so, yeah, if you're not careful, it will put a wedge between you two because, you know, it, it was your focus, um, and, you know. Well, then, uh, you know, my mother died in the process of that time yeah. and that didn't make things any better for me. Um, you know, for two years, I was a different person. 
you know. And so she had her struggles, I had my struggles, and in the midst of all that, we're carrying the burden of infertility and, you know, um, seeing, again, everybody else having children, but we're not, you know, again, the devil make you doubt, you know, the devil will, will, will keep you divided. And again, provoking us, you know, just like Hannah was being provoked, you know, we, we were being provoked to bitterness, provoked to anger, provoked to all the other uh, emotions you can imagine, you know, uh, heartbreak, um, you know, lack of faith, um, you know, just, you know, looking at this, even, and, and actually, the, the, he'll, he'll make you look at yourself, make you look it up, because the Bible lets us know we're nothing without the Lord, and we were, you know, I started looking at me, and started looking at her, and, you know, all the doctors are saying, hey, you better have that child before she's 35, you know, they become high risk after 35, you know, we hear things like that, and we look at who we are, and realize, you know, we're in trouble, you know, and we dwell on who we are, and we forget who he is, and so the, the, the enemy's main goal is to distract us from focusing on the Lord. And, you know, I, I would have to say that in that time, she was talking about the series. I did a series in Job for a, for a while in my church. And, you know, it's amazing. You could read the Bible a hundred times over and get a different theme every time. And that's what's happened to me every time I've gone through books of the Bible. But this time in the book of Job, and she said it earlier, the two things that just stuck out to me and really helped minister to me and, and her as well in our midst of the thing was, number one, God is still good. And number two, God is right. No matter where we are in our lives, no matter where God's placed us, no matter what situation, God is good. And God still loves us and he knows what's best. I kind of link it to when I grew up, I often say this to my church, my dad's favorite word is no. You know, no, 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 no. You know, and when Nora was born a couple of weeks ago, my dad looked over at me and said, now you can say no. <laughs> and so, you know, um, but you know, the, the greatest thing that my mom and dad could have ever done for me is no. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of things that I can go into on that. But anyway, you know, where was I at? Well, you're talking about looking to God. But anyway, looking, looking, to, looking to God and, 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 you know, trusting God when you don't get the answer to your prayer that you want, uh, when you don't feel he's answered, still knowing that he is in the midst of, a, in the midst of those six years, God was still right and God was still good. Yeah. Now we're up on the mountain looking back and we're so thankful for the journey that he allowed us to experience. Because now he, our faith is strengthened. Our relationship has been strengthened. Um, you know, I just wish we would have come to that realization earlier. But it's taught us a lesson for the next challenge because there's going to be other challenges. Sure. Uh, to trust him. He's always good. He's always right, no matter what. You know, it's talking about looking to God. Um, this is where a lot of our fights, I feel like, probably came into play during the infertility journey. I was pushing going to the doctor and going to the specialist and they can help and they can fix this you know it's their doctors and you know kept you know infertility is in the hands it's in the hands of the lord um and i said well what about people that need help getting pregnant or what about you know cancer patients they go to the doctor they seek treatment like why would this be any different um and the initial test that they we did get some tests run and everything was fine on me and everything was fine on him and the book we should be able to get pregnant no problem and that was my biggest struggle is there was nothing to fix there was no problem you know what i mean i'm a fixer okay here's your problem here's what you need to do and there wasn't a problem you know technically medically speaking right. and um and that was henry again not saying i told you so but he was like again this is the lord this the lord has this we need to seek him we need to look to him we don't need to look to doctors and put our faith and trust in him. And again, that's where we differed. And that's where he helped me because I was wanting to put my faith in the doctors. And he being, you know, the spiritual leader he is, helped me remember that that's not, you know. Well, and I, I told Brother Daryl on the phone the other day. I mean, I don't know how crazy I might sound on this, but, you know, as you go through scripture, I mean, how many instances do we find that God, God had shut up her womb? A woman's womb 
and I don't know, as I studied those passages several years ago, it just kind of got me on the trail of God's in control of that. Right. You know, and, and I mean, again, I'm not knocking people who go to the doctors. I mean, I believe if you've got a problem, you need to go find out. You know, I think we were doing our due diligence by sure. checking at least and making sure. But, you know, at the same time, you know, for us, the lesson was trust God, not things and not people. I had to learn you know, that one. Yeah. yeah, well, I did too, and, and she did. I mean, we all, but we both did. Uh, but like I said earlier in the video, I think I came to that realization quicker than she did. But then I had to lead her in a loving way, and I'm not going to say I wanted that every day, um, you know, because I'm me, and I'm still, he's still working on me. But, you know, at the same time, you know, I think that this whole matter, this whole situation is of the Lord, and, you know, God had a plan. And, you know, and I always tell our people, there are three answers to God when it comes to prayer. Yes, no, not now, you know. And, you know, we felt like we hadn't got the, we hadn't got the yes. We uh, hadn't got the no, we didn't feel that way. And the not now just seemed to be, and I, I told my wife, I said, I think maybe the Lord's just telling us to keep on praying. He's testing us. He's stretching our faith. And, and I kept trying to justify why we didn't have a child yet. Um, like we said, we didn't date very long. So I thought, well, you know, maybe the Lord just feels like we need more time, me and Henry. And then we ended up building a house. And then I was like, oh, well, you know, if we had a child during all, because it was, it was a headache building this house. Oh my goodness. Um, I thought, oh, you know what? If we had built a house while we had a young child, that would have been really hard. All right, Lord, our house is built. Now you can give us a child. Well, then Henry's mom got really sick and I was I'm not bragging on me, I did not mean that, but I was able to be with her at her appointments and I stay with her in the hospital and it hit me, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had had a child. Well, then later I said, okay, Lord, well, there's nothing stopping you now from, you know, giving us a child. <laughs> you know, I, I kept trying to justify right. why he hadn't done it yet. Um, and there is no, like yeah. I said, it's, it's yeah. his, I'm sorry, am I being loud? It's his decision and his blessing and it's, there is no rhyme or reason that we can figure out. It's, you know, like I said, just coming well, to grips. It's in his hands. Trusting in the Lord with all our heart and leaning not to our own understanding. That's, that's what we had to continually repeat to ourselves, yeah. not to lean on our own understanding. In all our ways, you know, again, the Bible lets us know, you know, to acknowledge him. And, and again, he would direct our paths. And I just wish that we would have, if we go back and replay it, I wish we had gave God the will a lot sooner than what we did. You know, it would have been a lot easier. Uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't say their heartache wouldn't be there. You know, again, like Job, Job still had grief. You know, he still dealt with the grief, but he, he praised God anyway. Um, you know, but and God knows the burdens of our heart. You know, uh, God knows us better than we even know our own selves. And that's what we have to come to. You know, I, I told our church last week when I was preaching, um, you know, sometimes the, the best thing is knowing that God knows all about it. There's peace in knowing that God knows our situation. And for me, before Nora was born, before we even knew she was coming, it brought peace to me to know that God knew my situation. And, and God knew all about it. And God was able. And, and, I, and I, I told Chelsea, I said, we can rest in that. We can rest in, the, in God's ability. And knowing that God knows our tears, he knows our heart. He knows, he knows everything we're going through. We've prayed, and now we've just trusted him. There was peace. So I'd say a few months before she was born, I had finally gotten to a point where I had peace. I knew, and I even told her, I said, you know, God, God's going to do this. And she'd look at me with this silly look like, you know. I said, you watch. God's going to bless us. God's going to bless us. And I'll never forget, uh, I was going to share this earlier. You remember Brother Glenn Manning from our church? Yeah. 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 You probably yeah. remember Mr. Crack Explosion. You, you know, can't, you can't forget Brother Glenn. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, Brother Glenn was a big encouragement to us throughout this whole thing. And I'll never forget, you know, when we were kneeling down praying at the church, the whole church was down there praying. And when we said, Amen, he grabbed a hold of my back and looked at my wife and he says, Go ahead and knit the socks, sister. <laughs> and, and that was about what, two, three years ago. About four or five years ago. You know? wow. But, uh, you know, all throughout this, you know, uh, we were encouraged and, um, and we hold in our hands, uh, I told our church, we hold in our hands the little blessing of God. It yes. really is. And we're very thankful, very blessed. 
Um, and, and we've been able to encourage other people in this journey. Uh, this journey, if you're in this journey right now, don't give up. Don't stop praying. Hannah never stopped. You know, it may not be God's will, but make sure we're praying in God's will. Make sure we're ass seeking and knocking, you know, continual, persistent. We know God's home, you know, and um, I, I, again, I believe if we'll just give it to God, we can see some peace, uh, peace that we forfeited for a long time. And, um, you know, but anyway, I, you know, we just want to be a help to people going through that same situation. One of the things that I remember, you mentioned Job, you know, Job got to the place where he said, God, even if you slay me, I'm going to trust you. Yeah. And it sounds like to me that you guys got to that place. That even if you, if your answer is no, yeah. we're going to trust you. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's, that's sometimes it, it takes a while to get there. Yeah. Well, we, we knew it was true, but accepting it's a different. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I, Oh, okay. <laughs> so what was I going to say? Um, I struggled too because we weren't very open about our struggle with infertility. You know, we didn't post on Facebook. And I'm sure people use their brains to really think, you know, okay, they're a little older. They've been married for seven years now. They don't have a child. Maybe there's another reason. Um, but people would just say some things sometimes and it would hurt me. And I'd come home and cry. And we had one, one person, and I'll just never forget, they, uh, basically said we were sinning by not having a child yet because we weren't going forth and being fruitful and multiplying. And that really, I, I struggled with that. And I was like, you know, they have no idea. And I didn't, I didn't re respond to them. I didn't rebuke them. I didn't correct them. I just went home and I think bawled my eyeballs out and told Henry and, um, you know, and when we were building the house, someone was like, oh, we well, need to go ahead and build a nursery. And you, you guys are crazy. They didn't know either. Oh, this would be the perfect time to go ahead and have a child. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you know, it would be, you know. Um, so that has also taught me to be careful what you say to people because you never know what they're going through. And like I said, we weren't very open about it. Some people are open about their struggles. And I don't know, it just, it was more of a private thing. Our family knew, you know, and like I said, I'm sure some people could put two and two together. Um, but just to show grace to people, because you really don't know what could be going on and what's going on in their lives and what you could say to really affect them and hurt them. We make assumptions sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I would say to that, you know, it's, I kind of like that too, you know, when the, when the disciples asked Jesus, you know, uh, was it the blind man? I believe it was, you know, who, who sinned that he, you know, who, who, who sinned? You know, who, who sinned to cause him to be that way? And God said, no, this was for my glory. Yes. And I, I say the same thing in our situation. Yes. While we went through, it was for his glory. Amen. He got every bit of it. Trust Amen. me, he got every bit of it. And my, my wife will tell you, and my dad will tell you, my dad was just sitting over here in the chair I'm sitting in right now, looking over at me in my chair. I'm just weeping uncontrollably. Uh, I, I, many times I'd grab a hold of her, just cry. I couldn't do nothing but cry. You know, I, I walked around the house with her yesterday, just crying, you know, just thanking God, you know, realizing all the burden, all the prayers, everything was worth every bit of it. All the prayers, all the faith, all the trusting, you know, it was worth every bit of it. And, um, you know, uh, I'm just, we're just blessed. You know, it, it was for God's glory. And we're so thankful to, that we serve a, a God who, who, who bears with us and answers prayer. Well, we appreciate you guys sharing a little bit of your story with us today. And, and I know it'll be a, a help and encouragement to, to those that are watching. Um, and uh, we're excited about little Nora Kate's future. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I've already read on Facebook that she's already got you wrapped around her finger, Penny. Oh, so. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad, yeah. Brother Daryl. It's bad. <laughs> I've never, uh, my, I told my mom, Henry has turned into a mush bucket, and I would have oh, never yeah. thought it. it it's just that's crazy, hilarious. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> I've used words I never thought I would use. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Precious, cute, yeah. beautiful. You know. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you guys kind of touched on this already, but one of the questions that I ask people that have gone through difficulties, and I know you've kind of both already answered part of this, but maybe there's something else that comes to mind, is I ask them, what, what did you learn about yourself during this process, and what did you learn about God during this process? Anything that you want to add to what you've already said? 
to either one of those? Well, for me, I learned I need to trust him more, um, even with the impossible. Um, you know, and and uh, sometimes I I put a little much, too much faith in in things around me and 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 my ability. You see, one of my biggest flaws, and and still something I'm working on, is when something's broken, I have to fix it myself. And God put me in a position where I couldn't do nothing. And all I had, to, all I could do was lean on him. And so through this, you know, I would have to say that what God, the biggest lesson, my biggest takeaway is trusting him. But then, like I said earlier, you know, again, you know, God is still good. God is always right. We, we can't see like God sees. I was sharing with my church several months ago in a sermon. Uh, you know, I got Highway 33 is a very busy road. It's the road our church is on. And in front of my church, it's like a straight stretch, you know, uh, you know, and, and I, there's a curve on the end. I can't see what, what's down there. I don't know what's down there. There's a sign before that curb. It says, slow down. You know, we don't know what's on the other side. All we see is that sign. Well, one day we got in a plane to fly to California and we actually flew over a house and we could see how curvy the road looks straight, but the work, the road's actually curvy and, and all you can see everything from a different perspective. And it's like God taught me that we can't see like God sees. So we must trust him and know that he's got our best intention in mind because he knows us better than what we even think, what we even know ourselves. And so the lesson that that's another lesson that he taught me is to lean on him because he sees differently than we see. Yeah. Um, I'd say just for me, I, I think you pretty much <laughs> said it, but um, trusting in him and, and just seeing the faithfulness of God. And um, even when our lack of faith, you know, wasn't there because for me, I was trying to think back. I never, I don't really think I've had like a, big situation like this in my life before that you know little things obviously I've had to trust in the Lord here and there but like nothing this huge that it was like all right Lord this is you you know we're waiting on you know put it in your hands it's all in your hands um so I feel like my Christian walk has been I guess not to say fairly easy but you know what I mean nothing huge like this had really came into my life before to really test my faith um and it definitely revealed you know that my faith was lacking in some areas. And um, so just that for me, that I needed to put my faith, full complete faith and trust in him um, and that God can do the impossible. Um, and yeah. you know, sometimes, and, and one other thing I do remember something come up, um, when it comes to prayer, it, you know, so, so often we go to our knees and, and pray and ask the Lord for something, we're, we're expecting it right away. But prayer sometimes, that prayer could be a prayer we pray for 10, 15, 20 years uh, and, and never see a fruition, uh, you know. Uh, but again, um, I was reading, my dad gave me my mother's uh, prayer journal. And uh, I started reading through it. And, wow. you know, tears came to my eyes because there's a several prayers that my mom prayed uh, that never were answered until she left this life. You know, um, I have no doubt in my mind that the reason why I'm holding a baby girl, uh, we know we give all glory to God, but sure. I believe the prayers of my mother who's no longer with us. I believe that. Uh, there's a lot of people who prayed in our church who are no longer with us. And now I, I just, I can't wait to get the glory to show them the, the, the fruits <laughs> of their prayers. Yes. Um, you know, so, so again, I, I want to emphasize this today. Keep praying. Don't stop. Don't stop praying. And, and, you know, even some of the prayers that we're praying for right now, we may not see. It may be until we're gone. We might be long gone in heaven in the arms of Jesus, and God answers those prayers here on earth. Um, I saw that with this situation with, with, with Nora Kate. And uh, just, just that's a few takeaways. Well, that's some good stuff. And uh, certainly for those couples that are where you guys have been, uh, I hope and pray that God would minister to them as only he can and whatever his answer for them may be down the road that uh, they would be reminded that God promises that his grace is sufficient. Yeah. Um, 
And, and sometimes, anybody... go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say sometimes we feel like we just got enough grace for the next step. You know, yeah. it's like we, we, we don't know where that road, like you said, we don't know where that road's yeah. going to lead or what's around the next corner. But God says, I'll give you the grace for the next step. And when That's it's right. time to take the next step, the grace for that one will be there too. It's definitely a daily walk. Yes. Yeah, you can. You can. Uh, it, it's a daily, day by day. I mean, all six years, day by day. Grace, grace. Um, I'm thankful for the grace of God. And not that the Lord's not enough. I do not mean this by any means. But I encourage them if they're not like talking to someone or you know someone like Henry who's gone through it and who's a seasoned pastor. You know, encourage them to get help because or you know, I don't. If have you, a cheerleader. Yeah, I because mean, it helps to have someone to talk to that has been through it and can encourage you rather than you just trying to go through it alone. And I know that's why, I have, not that the Lord's not with you. I didn't mean, I think sure. you know what I'm trying to say. Yes. But um, find find someone that can help you and encourage you. Um, and Wayne and Lori Johnson, yeah. uh, I'm sitting at a table right now where we spend a lot of tears praying and they come stay for the weekend, actually come in a couple months. Brother Wayne's going to be dedicating our baby. Um, and uh, I don't wow. know if you had a chance to meet Wayne and Lori. Yes, I met um, Wayne. Uh, yeah. And they come to the house for a whole weekend. He doesn't stay in a hotel. They preach the whole Sunday, first Sunday in October, and they just live with us and, and invest in us. They've been doing that now for five, six years. Yeah. And um, they've just been cheerleaders for us. That's awesome. And, and, and they've been through the journey. We feel like they've been through the journey with us, you know, and I would say having a cheerleader, somebody godly in your corner is very, very important. Um, you know, the Bible tells us that, you know, God gives us that counsel for a reason. And, uh, and so I, I say seek counsel. Me and my wife, if any, we're on Daryl's Facebook, look us up. We don't mind encouraging you, praying with you because we were once where you were. And, uh, you know, again, I just, I can't stress enough, you know, again, having a right relationship with the Lord, getting plugged up with your local church, make, staying close and allowing them to help share that burden, but then finding those special people, those examples to look up to who will be a rock for you and encourage you uh, and point you to Christ even more. Um, so that's what I would definitely say.